This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, the response that God doesn't want this any more than we did, and this is a result of sin turning into a reaction where every time you see, you know, creation go wrong, every time you see creation go wrong, you think there'll be a day that doesn't happen. It allows suffering to immediately turn to hope. And that's the point of this message, that suffering is is supposed to produce hope because we have two feelings, not one. We have the feeling of things shouldn't be this way, immediately followed by, and one day they won't be this way. Welcome to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. My name is Brandon, and I'll be having a conversation with Pastor Christian about his recent message from our series, This Is My Story. In the series, Pastor Christian is sharing with us why our faith story matters and how we can effectively share it with others. Pastor Christian, before we jump into our conversation with Sunday's message, let's talk about leadership for a moment. We hosted a really neat event last week. Uh, It was for our volunteer leaders, where we had many of our volunteer coordinators attend, and many of them actually listened to this podcast. They submitted questions to you on leadership that um, we thought we could answer on the podcast. So here's one that a leader writes. um, They say this, how do you prioritize things and not get stressed out and feel like you're doing nothing right or dropping all the balls you are juggling? Yeah, so great question. I I will say this first. Um, The secret sauce of Journey Church International is our volunteers. Our volunteers, their heart, their leaders, uh, their leadership, their culture, uh, they're just unbelievable in the event we had uh, getting to spend a few hours together um, last Thursday, doing a little bit of worship, spending some time in prayer, and j- just talking leadership, learning leadership um, was incredible. Uh, so this question comes from Tanya Storms. Tanya's awesome. She and her husband, Stephen, lead uh, one of our um, usher teams at our 8 a.m. service, um, and it's a great question. So we we at our church, we we have a leadership pipeline that we try to lead people through, and we have several different letter- levels of leadership. Uh, and this question falls under time management. Um, you know, part of the leading yourself competency, you know, leaders can't lead others until they can lead themselves well, is time management. How do I, how do I manage my time in order to help other people um, lead well? That's really the question that she's asking. Um, you know, Paul told uh, his followers, you gotta, you got to manage your time wisely. Uh, he said, walk circumspectly. The days are evil. Make the most of every opportunity. So time management is, is not just a leadership principle. It's a biblical principle. Um, if you're asking me specifically, how do I prioritize things and not get stressed out and feel like I'm doing nothing right or dropping all the balls that I'm juggling, I don't do that well. I, there are not a lot of times... Um, where I'm not stressed about something that I'm doing. There um, are often times when I feel like things that I'm doing um, aren't going right. And, and there are a lot of times where, where I'm dropping balls. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak specifically about that one in leadership. One of my pastor coaches told me that every leadership ball that I carry really needs to be dropped at least once. Because until you drop them, you don't realize which ones are rubber and which ones are crystal. Um, and when you realize which of the leadership balls you carry are rubber, you can drop those a little more often because those kind of bounce back up and they're okay. Um, when you find the ones that are crystal, you can't drop those, right? So what you have to do as you manage your schedule, you have to prioritize the things that if you dropped them, they would break. 
prioritize those, do those first, do those consistently, do those always. And and if those take all your time, drop all the other ones and see which ones bounce back up and kind of keep moving on their own a little bit. See which ones crack, see which ones break, and either make more time for the things that might break um, or carve out a little less time for the things that will balance themselves or look for more hands um, to help hold the crystal balls that would break. Uh, but it, but it's all, it, you're, you're always going to have more balls than you can hold at one time, so you're going to have to juggle. And you always are going to drop what you're juggling. So make sure you drop the rubber balls, which starts out prioritizing. What if I just stopped doing it? It would be devastating to my area of ministry. And what if I didn't do it for a week or two? Um, it might throw things off, but it wouldn't kill everything. Um, always do the things you have to do. Try to do less uh, the things that that maybe can run themselves. And if you have too many things you have to do, find someone else to share some of those with. Great question. Yeah, it was a great question. And actually, actually, if you are listening to this podcast now and you have a question that you'd like to have Pastor Christian answer on this podcast, you can submit that to activate at takethejourney.cc, and we'll be happy to um, answer those questions on, on the podcast. So let's dive into the message for this weekend. One of the things you will have the audience do this weekend is to touch something that's sore or painful. Hopefully no one reaches over to their neighbor and touches them, Pastor Christian. But here, here's, here's the reality. Touching my husband, he causes exactly. me a lot of pain. Right. Touching, <laughs> touching my teenager. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what my, I was thinking. My head is really sore right now because of my teenager. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry I get to that. hear that. It's yep. early. Yep. So let's, let's, I think your thought is this, is that where you're sore, there's a story. Um, you were a college athlete. Tell us about a physical sore or pain that you feel, maybe daily, and the story behind it. Yeah, so what we just talked about is every everything that hurts has a story. And if you can't remember the story, the story is you're getting old, right? So I mean, <laughs> but everything that hurts has a story. So I played college football at Liberty University. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't hit uh, or play in a position where I got hit a ton. I, I played quarterback. Um, but man, I, I still have all kinds of aches and pains. Uh, we were playing against Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia, my uh, redshirt junior year, and I got knocked out of the game. I was the ESPN hitty of the week, just got knocked out cold. Um, and, and because of that hit, I, I sleep on a cervical pillow. I can't sleep on a normal pillow just because of the nerves and alignment in my neck. I really can't chew gum for more than five minutes because of that hit. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of times I think about um, that hit. Both my shoulders are, are kind of bad. I've, I've had some separated AC joints. Um, you know, my, my left one is really bad. I've separated um, my left shoulder a lot of times, had it go in and out, broken uh, the upper, my left upper arm, broken both bones in my left lower arm, broken my left hand. So, yeah, that left side of my body, when it's cold or rainy or the pressure's going up or down in the atmosphere can uh, can hurt a little bit. And I and I can remember, you know, like like the game at Marshall, I can remember a lot of real specific stories that come from still kind of aching pains. Mm -hmm. The question is, the follow-up question is, is was it worth being on ESPN? Um, yeah, I mean, if you if you, you want if you want to look like you're sleeping on a field on ESPN, um, that's the that's the that's the way to get in yeah, right there. I've yep. never been on ESPN. Yep. Yeah. There are there are better ways. There there are better things to do to get on it. I'm sure. 
This Sunday, you answered a question that we often hear a lot, and maybe a lot of our podcast listeners have asked themselves, if God is so loving, why is there suffering in this world? How do you begin to answer that question when someone asks you? Do you go all the way back to the beginning where the story begins with Adam and Eve? Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Well, you have to because God does, um, right? I, I, am, um, I am of the scholarly opinion that Genesis was written by Moses, and it was, it was written during the time of the wilderness wandering, um, and I, I believe real specifically written uh, around the historical period of Exodus 33 or 34, when Moses was trying to lead the people of, of Israel uh, out of Egypt and into the Promised Land. And things were hard, things were difficult, uh, they'd made a golden calf, I mean, things were kind of falling apart. Um, and Moses said, listen, you you got to help me understand why us, why now? Why you? you show, he asked God to show him his glory, but I but I think a big part of that was asking God to tell him tell him our story. Tell, what, you know what? Why us? What are we doing? And I think God um, told Moses, "Well, sit down, let's talk." And in that forty days in the mountains, uh, God started a story that sounded something like this in the beginning. Um, and in order to tell the story of why Israel, why Moses, why the Promised Land, why God loves people, God had to start in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, because that's that's the only way it makes sense. Uh, and the question of suffering starts with free will. The question of suffering um, starts really with love. The question of suffering starts with disobedience. Because before there was suffering, there was perfection, um, there was immortality, there was love, but there was enough love to give humanity free will. Uh, and, and there was a clear warning. Suffering uh, suffering might take us by surprise, but it did not take the world by surprise because God told them it would come. God said, here's one way to live that that will lead to peace and joy and fulfillment and hope and happiness and life, and here's another way to live. And this way, this way will lead to death. This way will lead to hurt. This way will lead to suffering. This way will lead to harm, but only you can choose. And your heart and your loves, whether you love tr- me and trusting me, or whether you love control and making your own decision, is is going to is going to determine the path you go down. But you get to choose. Um, and suffer- suffering is is not always our choice, but it was somebody's choice. Which is why when when God brought the people of Israel into the Promised Land again in Deuteronomy, Moses begged the people, "Listen, choose life." There is a way to, to life and fulfillment and happiness, and there is a way to death and cursing. So, so choose life. We see through the Old Testament, through that Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, there was this constant desire from God that his people choose life. But there was always a free will not to choose life, and that would always come with suffering. And often our choices cause suffering, and often the choices of others, just that we interact with and are engaged with, even if we're just driving by them on the road um, or we work at the wrong place, um, sin causes suffering. Um, free will gives us the opportunity to suffer. But God warned us um, and, and told us, this is, how you, this is how you live life to the fullest um, and then he has given us a promise that in this world we're going to have trouble, we're going to have suffering, but there is an opportunity to live uh, a life in the next world where that does not happen. But again, free will, it's, it's your choice. 
Well, this Sunday you talked about the contrast between the things that make us groan spiritually and the things that work for our, our good spiritually. You've challenged me to be very careful how I view suffering that exists in my own life and and suffering all around the world. So how how do you shift in your mind the focus onto the good that can come out of suffering more than the pain um, from the suffer uh, that the pain that the suffering is causing? So I, I don't know that you can make a mental shift from one to the other. Um, I don't, I don't know that you can choose one or the other. Usually suffering that teaches you um, great lessons comes with great pain. And, and you, don't, you don't cease to suffer or feel pain because now God is using it or, or, or now you're learning um, from it. So I, I, think, I think suffering is always going to cause pain, and, and I think we have to be careful um, saying that, that God chose to make you suffer, especially when your suffering comes at the sin of someone else's hands or at the sin of your own hands, because the book of James so clearly tells us God does not tempt anyone with evil or cause anyone to sin. So so taking the consequence of someone else's sin, um, but you know, if someone says, my dad had an affair and it hurt me deeply, to say, well, God caused that. No, he did not. God doesn't cause sin. So a lot of your suffering is not caused by God. However, um, God is strong enough to stop all suffering. So, so God does allow suffering, and God uses suffrage, suffering. He, God leverages the broken uh, to create the beautiful and to open up areas in your life that could not be opened up if, if you did not walk through the pain that you were walking through. So we have to be careful because I think in church sometimes we want to shift so quickly from suffering to lessons, from grief to good, from groaning to get over it. Um, and sometimes we like to celebrate, well, look how God is using this instead of mourning how much a person hurts, even though God has brought some valuable lessons out of it. And I think I think the church in their language, in their posture, in our conversations just needs to have a much more sober spirit in response to suffering, um, God in his goodness leverages everything. God will never waste a hurt. Sometimes God causes hurts because we need discipline, like children you know, need discipline in their life. But often God is responding to hurt caused by sin that God doesn't cause, that free will allows, and God steps in and says, because you went through that, I'm going to reveal this part of myself to you that you never could have had revealed to you had you not gone through this suffering. I didn't cause it for that reason, but I will use it for that reason so you can know more of who Jesus is and so that your story can reflect a deeper understanding and connection to me. That's a great lead into our next question. Um, Pastor Christian, you mentioned in from Romans 8, um, chapter, or Romans chapter 8, verse 19, it says, for creation waits in eager expectation for Jesus to return. Uh, creation's posture is a picture of how we should anticipate the coming of Jesus, right? You, you mentioned in your message that suffering um, um, guides us, reveals to us that there's something better that awaits us. So what are some practical things we can do as Christians to demonstrate the posture of eagerness in anticipation of Jesus' return? Well, one, we, we need to learn to respond to the point where we react with good theology. Um, and and here's, here's what I mean by that. Uh, cre- creation is broken, right? 
Um, Paul says very clearly, creation is broken and it, and it, and it yearns for God to fix it. And it's been broken since God cursed it. I mean, it's broken because God cursed it. But the curse was a testimony of better things to come. Um, so here's what I mean by a response becoming a, um, a reaction. Yeah. Um, several years ago, 2011, May of 2011, uh, our church was getting ready to get started and a, an F5 tornado hit Joplin. Um, and just wiped it off the map. I had lived in Kansas City at that point um, for over ten years, and I'd heard tornado warnings. Um, and honestly, I, 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 I had always wanted to see a tornado, not in my neighborhood, but I'd always wanted to see one. So, for me, the way I was shaped, um, when I heard a tornado siren, I went outside and started looking around. I mean, I just, you know, it, it's like a rattlesnake; you want to see it, but just not not too close in the in the wild. Um, so we go down to Joplin two days afterwards. We're working with an organization that has permission to be behind um, the search and recovery lines because they had not cleared all all of the residences yet in Joplin. Uh, but we were we were ministering to first responders, so we got to we got to go in behind the lines. Basically, they had run out of bottled water and anything they needed in Joplin, so they were looking for people in Kansas City who could rent huge box trucks with a lift gate and drive it down, get, get water and supplies in Kansas city and drive it down because all theirs were gone. Um, and being a part of that was probably the most sobering thing. One of the most sobering things that I've ever been a part of because Brandon, um, the, like the houses were not blown down. They were blown away. Like they were gone. Like there was neighborhood after neighborhood of, of driveways that led to nothing. I mean, everything was, was gone. Um, and I, sh- I struggled, I, I struggled with, how you know, how does this happen right i mean god has control of the weather god has control of everything how does this how does this happen this unstoppable natural disaster i mean there there was zero chance of surviving if if you were in its path how how does this happen and i felt like god spoke to my heart even as we were serving in churches and we were we were raking up debris and we had guys on chainsaw crews and we were dropping off water um you know, to, to people walking around with dogs who were still searching for bodies and homes. Um, God spoke to me and said, I, I didn't create, this isn't the world I created. I didn't want this. Sin broke this. And every time you, you see a tornado or a hurricane or a flood, you need to realize this is not the world I intended. I created perfection. I, I created a nature. I created an, a world. I created an earth, a planet earth. I created a universe that would serve humanity for an eternity, but I love them enough to not make them worship me if, if they didn't want to. But one of the consequences of their sin would be that they, they would break the world. Like I said on Sunday, you know, some people wonder when I get to heaven, will there be anyone who's done anything worse than I did? Yes, Adam and Eve broke the world. They, I mean, they, they did something worse than you did. Um, so... So being a part of that helped me understand, you know, these these tornadoes, this this isn't the, you know, the finger, they call the F5 the finger of God. This isn't the finger of God in destruction, um, punishing sin. His, his heart is broken over sin. He died to forgive sin. However, one of the realities of, of a broken world is broken creation. Um, and ever since then, every time I see a hurricane, every time I see a flood, every time I see a natural disaster, I see a I see a broken earth broken by sin and I cannot wait to live on an earth without sin. You know a lot of people don't understand eternity. 
according to the book of Revelation, happens on earth. It's a new heaven. It's a new earth. There is a heavenly city that you come and go out of, but reality, it appears, according to Scripture, happens on this earth that God has created, but it's an earth without storms, and it's an earth without drought, and it's an earth without global warming, and it's an earth without an ice age, and it's an earth without animals that turn on people. And it's a world, thank God, without people who turn on people, and it's a world without people who turn on God. So that that theological understanding, the response that God doesn't want this any more than we did, and this is a result of sin turning into a reaction where every time you see you know, creation go wrong. Every time you see creation go wrong, you think there'll be a day that doesn't happen. It allows suffering to immediately turn to hope. And that's the point of this message, that suffering is is supposed to produce hope because we have two feelings, not one. We have the feeling of things shouldn't be this way, immediately followed by, and one day they won't be this way. A lot of times as Christians, we stop at the first. Things shouldn't be this way. I'm confused. I can't trust God. Instead of thinking things shouldn't be this way, and one day they won't. Suffering can immediately swing to hope, but you have to finish the theological thought. And that's that's what we're trying to teach as a part of stories. Because if you can get your story to, I should not have gone through this, And if God had his way, I would not have. And one day I won't have to and no one will have to anymore. That is a a story of impact. That is how suffering becomes hope. Well, Pastor Christian, I think there's going to be a lot of people that will find hope in this Sunday's message. I think people listening to this podcast hopefully will feel that as well. So thank you for reminding us today that the suffering in our story should be shared with others to show them how much we anticipate a much better world ahead. And we want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Don't forget about our resource page for this series. It is at takethejourney.cc forward slash story. On this page, we provide an opportunity to submit your story, whether in writing or even by video. We'd love to hear your story. So our goal ultimately is to collect hundreds of stories of how God has transformed lives. Our stories matter and they need to be shared with others. Thanks for tuning in today, and we look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, Please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.